Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we've got good news and bad news about Dragon Quest XI. But if you want the good news, you should probably find a PlayStation podcast. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including third-party docs bricking Nintendo Switch consoles and Dragon Quest XI saying nah to 3DS. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking the Kongs. And Mark, I'm excited for that. Me too. It's just going to be silly. We're going to determine which is the best Kong. And... There are a lot of bad ones. There are a lot of bad ones. Look, we haven't even talked about what it means to rank the Kongs or who is in contention for best Kong or worst Kong. So come back on Thursday for that. Uh, But in the meantime, you got us talking about the news uh, this week. Right. (laughs) Uh, Remember, we would love your help to possibly go to E3 this year, but we need 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts. And a bunch of you have been leaving reviews. Thank you so much to Pal101, Eat, Sleep, Play, A.W. Taylor, and E. Brown 97 for leaving us five-star reviews. That helps us out tremendously. Thank you um, so much. Yeah, thank you. Also, one of the things that we've noticed in the reviews is that uh, maybe people do want guest weather. Mark, is this what you're finding? We had two people, so uh, A.W. Taylor and Pal101 requested we do guest weather. Pal101 was a little cheeky about it, so I don't know if they like actually want it or if they like ironically want it, but either way, they're getting it. And honestly, what's the difference between <laughs> ironically wanting something and just wanting it? That's a, great, that's a really great point. Either way, you're asking for it. So our guest weather today comes from Dead Horse, Alaska. Uh, which I can't believe is a real place. Dead Horse, Alaska? Yeah, thank you to A.W. Taylor for suggesting this in mm-hmm. his five-star review. Uh, their five-star review. Yes, that's right. Um, it looks like, speaking of five stars, it looks like it's about five degrees there. That's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. That's right. That is right. It is cold. It is, it's above zero, though, so maybe for Alaska, that's balmy. Looks like it's snowing. And uh, I wouldn't want to be there. Sorry if you are. <laughs> uh, since we're only doing guest weather by request now, if you would like to suggest a location for guest weather, leave your request in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or I guess wherever you get your podcasts. But Ooh, uh, are we able to check those? I <laughs> maybe. But so if you leave a five-star review on another podcatcher, shoot us an email. Yeah, let us know, and you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Cool Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com, or of course you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and collectively we are at Nincart Society. Um, Mark, what else can people email us for? Well, Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces is still a game that I think I still own. I lent it out to a listener, and it has not come back yet. Now, has this listener stolen my copy of Sonic Forces, or can we not trust the U.S. mail? Also, maybe they are still borrowing it. Maybe they are still borrowing it. We put no restrictions on how long somebody could borrow it for. That's right. I do not expect that I am being ripped off yet. But I'm starting to think 
Maybe I've been ripped off. Anyway, if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, just send your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail and eventually, probably, I'll send you a copy of this game to play for a little bit, and you will eventually probably send it back. We are also gathering lists of uh, our dream Game Boy classics. Mark, what are the rules on the Game Boy Classic? So, it the games you can send mm-hmm. have to be released on the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color. What about Game Boy Advance? No, thank you. No, thank you. Different system. Different system. Mm-hmm. Different lifetime. Different episode. <laughs> uh, you can send us... Up to 15 games you yes. wish to be included in the list. You can send us one. You can send us 15. You can send us any number in between that I'm not going to list six. at the moment. Yes, six you can do. Eight. Absolutely. 17? No. Oh, okay. All right. I had to think about it for a second, <laughs> though. I apologize for trying to trick you. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to be doing an episode on April 19th all about our dream Game Boy Classic editions. Mm-hmm. And uh, your input will help us determine a definitive ranking. Uh, which is what we're all about here on the show, is determine, determining definitive rankings. All right, Mark, uh, and you can send all of that stuff to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. So this week I played a little bit of the arms test punch that ended uh, yeah. yesterday at the, at the time of this episode releasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? How did you? Where is it? All characters available to you? No. So that's basically why I checked it out because I think we talked about this in news an episode ago or two episodes ago. Yeah. And I was I was curious whether it was just going to be basically the same as the original what test punch. What are the offerings? Yeah. And. It turned out that, yes, it is exactly the same as the previous Test Bunch. So I played it for a little bit, uh, tried a couple of characters that I hadn't tried before, Mm -hmm. pretty much had my fill. So basically, I'm just reporting in. We ask questions, and then we answer them eventually, sometimes, maybe. Right. So all the same characters as last time. uh, Spring Man, Ribbon Girl, Master Mummy, maybe Twintel. Twintel. Ninjara. Ninjara. The uh, DNA, like the googly guy. Yeah, Mr. DNA. I'm <laughs> Mr. DNA. It's not his name. Um, <laughs> the robot girl. The robot girl. And Min Min. Okay, so that's kind of, that's a lot of characters. That, yeah, but that I think it was all as. the ones that were in there before. Yeah, yeah. Well, and all the modes that were in there before. It's fine. It's arms. Try right. it out if you haven't or don't. It's on sale right now. We'll get to that later. We will get to that. Mark is jumping Spoiler ahead. alert for later in the episode. <laughs> um, I-, I picked up Super Meat Boy again because uh, I wanted some kind of like fun, fast, action-y game to play. Uh, and that game scratches that itch. But I also, uh, the thing with Meat Boy is, especially when you switch over to the dark levels, there are some that I'm just like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. Um, and I know that that is what the game wants me to feel. And then I try and try and try and try and try. And then I do it. And sometimes that really works. And sometimes I try and 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 try. And I don't do it. I mean, I get you. That's like my Celeste experience. Right. So I played it for about an hour and, you know, was running my head up against the wall to a point where I was like, I can stop doing this for a while. Um, I've got a flight coming up. Uh, and I imagine that I will be slamming my head against the wall. On, on the flight as well. So if Super Meat Boy had an assist mode like Celeste does, uh-huh. would you use it to get past this one level so you can continue on? Maybe. 
Here's the thing. It's not even a level that like my not finishing this level isn't preventing me from like going into going to the next level. I can do because it's a dark side level, which means it's like the B sides in Celeste where it's the same level, but there are just more hazards and it's tougher. Um, and I could just move on. Oh, so you're stubborn. I, yes. I mean, in a good way. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think stubborn is what the game wants you to be. If you're not stubbornly playing Meat Boy, you're not playing Meat Boy. Um, I mean, almost literally. If you are, if you're not being super like uh, strong-headed about it, uh, you're going to die thirty times and then be like, "Well, forget it. I'm never touching this thing again." Or you die thirty times and you're like, "No, you're not going to beat me, Meat Boy." I also played a little bit. This is the total opposite of that. Uh, played a little bit of Kirby Star Allies with the new Dream Friends, uh, which is fun. They're cute. Um, I like riding around on that hamster whose name I think is Rick. A hamster named Rick? Maybe not. Maybe Rick is the bird or who cares? Um, and so there, some of the challenge levels have been a little bit remixed to like accommodate the new dream friends. I wasn't really familiar enough with them in the first place to know how exactly they've been remixed or to be like, oh, wow, what a satisfying remix. Um, but the game remains charming and uh, it's a wonderful antidote to Super Meat Boy making, <laughs> making me want to crack my switch over my knee. Um, so I, I, I continue to enjoy that game. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week, but who knows what we might be playing next week. Let's get into the new releases. Today, April 23rd, Penny Punching Princess is coming out. Uh, just April 3rd. Oh, April. Yes. Yeah, it is not the 23rd. Not the 23rd. <laughs> it's Okay. What's Penny Pinching Princess? Punching Princess. So it is another game from NIS America. Okay. Who they recently released, um, what was it, The Longest Five Minutes? I think yes. last month that we talked about for a little bit. So this is another kind of retro-styled, uh, this is an action RPG. Mm-hmm. And you play as a princess who is going through this world and you're... Um, Part of the mechanic is you are gathering a bunch of coins, Mm -hmm. and then the more coins you have, the more beneficial it is to you as you progress through the game, because you can, uh, there's an ability called, like, bribe, and what it does is, if you're uh, fighting a bunch of enemies, you can spend your coin to bribe one of them to join your team and fight against the others. That's cool. And so I guess it plays into the strategy, because then you are when you are in a room with a bunch of different enemies, you have to determine which is the best to like spend your money on. Sure. Which one of those enemies you want to turn on the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so yeah, it, it looks really cute. Like a lot of fun. Um, NIS America has been really good about uh, switch support mm-hmm. and I don't know if they've released a bad game yet. So, so there you go on. And then on Thursday, April 5th, not the 25th, you have urban trial playground uh, 2064 read-only memories integral and Sling Ming and Sally's Law all coming to the Switch eShop. Mm-hmm. So I was interested in 2064 read-only memories. Yeah. And then this past week after GDC, all this news started coming out uh, about alleged mistreatment of employees by Matt Kahn, the CEO of Midboss, which is the developer. Of read-only memories. What manner of mistreatment do we know? Is it like 
normal video gamey crunch time not respecting employees stuff or is there a sexual bent well it's all alleged sure um all alleged, alleged i mean alleged. he did he did he did like resign from or i guess take a leave of absence or something from mid boss sure um and resign i think from the other organization that he heads up which is like gamer x mm-hmm. um and I think it's about like wages and mistreatment of women. It seems just generally that it was a very it's the whole bad package. working environment, right? A little bit like the stuff that we're hearing coming out of David Cage's not is that right? David Cage's studio, the Detroit Become Human. Um, what is the name of that studio? Is that David Cage? I don't think I'm right. Who am I? Who am I saying? What am I saying? I'm trying to remember the guys. Maybe it is. Maybe it is David Cage. Anyway. Anyways, I don't know. And so that's, but that's the thing is that I feel ill-informed mm. even after like reading the articles. I don't, I was excited about this game coming to Switch. Now I don't know what the right thing to do is. So I guess, I don't know what the ethics of something like this, especially since he has taken a leave of absence. I guess I'm just abstaining until just more staying clarity out of has like, yeah. I was right about David Cage, by the way. Quantic Dream is the name of the Oh, the, yes, the, Quantic the Dream. Have you ever played any of their games? Uh, I had a friend who played Heavy Rain, um, and I was around for a lot of that. Um, seems maybe a little bit... And I, I played the, uh, the Detroit demo at PSX this year um, and thought it was pretty cool and um, immersive. Um, but, you know, I don't... I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, the game has to come out, and I have to see how people are reacting to it. Sure. Yeah, I played Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. I totally bought into the hype, uh, and I thought it was terrible. So. <laughs> great. Hey, great. Also, uh, finally, Bad Dudes, the game we keep talking about, is now listed as release on April 5th. It was supposed to come out last week. It's supposed to come out the week before. Who knows what's happening? But all I'm saying is this is officially, we can put it in the book, the That's, last time mm-hmm. we were talking about Bad Dudes until it's actually released, and possibly, possibly. ever. Because here's the thing. Why? Why? Mark, it is 2018. 2018. Why are we talking about bad dudes? I don't know. Like, why is it, is it being released? I mean, it is our own choice. That's true. This is a, a hell that we bring upon ourselves. Um, well, okay. This is the last time we talk about bad dudes. No more bad dudes talk. Put it in the book. It is in the book. Right there in the book. All right, Mark, let's move out of this segment. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, let's talk about The Lion King. Disney classic. The Lion King. When's the last time you've watched The Lion King? That is a great question. We're talking about the, the animated movie? Yeah, the animated movie. Mm, I don't know. The Lion King is a movie that I've seen so many times that I can close my eyes and just play it. My little brother was obsessed with The Lion Like, would put on the, uh, the soundtrack and, like, reenact the whole movie from uh, the, like our the stairs in like the uh, my parents' house and just like everything the light touches and then you know like there's a stampede and like with the whole thing. So Lion King is a big part of just like my like memory. Yeah, I've seen it a ton. 
I think probably the last time I've actually watched it though was mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's been in the last ten years. Yeah, I would say for me, it definitely hasn't been. I definitely haven't seen it in the last ten years because it's kind of like why? Why would I? Right. Um, and also like, what is the right context to watch the Lion King? Honestly, when's the last time you watched a animated Disney movie? Period. Like a, a not 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 like a new one, but like that you went out of your way to like dig out a Disney classic and watch it. They were on Hulu for a while, mm. or I, I guess they probably still are. So I think I watched Hercules within the last couple of years, but that was oh, like that's a good point. Background noise while I was doing other stuff. Yeah, I guess Sarah and I recently watched Tarzan and um, Hunchback because those are both uh, like later Disney movies that we and obviously not not really later as they're both like twenty years old now, but in that post Lion King desert of like po- uh, Pocahontas, Hunchback, um, the other one I just said Tarzan uh, and like uh, Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Yeah. yeah, well, especially, like, Pocahontas and Hunchback especially are so, like, uh, they were just, like, manufactured to try to win an Oscar. Sure. Because, like, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture. Right. And when it didn't win, I think everybody think something was, broke? They were I, like, kind what? Of, what? Yeah, I, well, I think, I think they were just like, oh, we were close. Mm, yes. And so... Like, they just really wanted that best picture. Sure. Like, when Bill Murray was nominated for uh, Lost in Translation and then didn't win it, and it was like, I got to get Bill Murray. Now Murray's I'm going like, to do Broken I, Flowers. I got to get there. <laughs> and he hasn't, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't think Bill Murray's ever won. Academy Award non-winner Bill Murray. <laughs> they call those nominees. I'm Academy Award non-winner Mark Mitchell. That's right. Uh, you and I share something with Bill Murray. Yeah. None of us have Oscars for acting. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Lion King Broadway play? So we, when you mentioned this as a topic, I was like, ah, yes, because I've seen the Broadway show. I don't know if I have. <laughs> like, I, I can picture in my mind what it looks like, and I am imagining myself in, like, a seat at a theater watching it happen. But I don't think, no, I know what I'm imagining. I'm imagining some, like, Disney stage show at Disneyland, maybe the, at Animal Kingdom. Yes, there is a festival of the Lion King. So that is what I've seen. I don't think I've seen uh, the the Broadway musical. Have you? Yes. So here's the thing: is like I'm a sucker mm. for spectacle, yes. and I'm especially a sucker for spectacle in a live theater environment where you're like, "Whoa, how are they pulling this off?" Right. How many people are in that puppet? And the Lion King is real cool for that reason. Like. Uh, the spectacle is awesome. It's also, I think it trades on the idea that you are so familiar with the source material that like everything can be representational instead of like nothing has to literally look like the thing it looks like. It can all be uh, like an abstraction of it. Which brings us to the, uh, well, oh, I, well, I guess we'll I never guess, know. I guess we'll never know what that brings us to. We were accompanied today by the Brussels Chamber Choir. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. All right, so there are some reports of third-party docks bricking Nintendo Switch consoles. Did we talk about this? Did we touch on this last week or two weeks ago? I don't remember. So we, if we did, we didn't. Uh, Nintendo hadn't commented on yes, it at the yes. time. Um, so basically, some people who are using unlicensed third-party docks. Once they've upgraded their switch to 5.0, they found that when they plugged when they like 
dock their switch, it's bricking the console. Which is basically to turn into a brick. Yeah, right? as in like it non-functioning, right. won't boot up, mm-hmm. nothing's happening. And if this has happened to you, I'm sorry to say Nintendo is shedding no tears on your behalf. Yeah. Well, what? So what are what? Do, what do you mean they're shedding no tears? Well, basically, are they saying you're screwed? Bas- I mean, they're saying that uh, if you're they ke- they don't guarantee that your Nintendo Switch is going to work with an unlicensed product. So, which I guess is fair. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Um. So, uh, it, it's my understanding that uh, there were some redditors that like tried to figure out what was happening with these things, and it seems like the uh, USB C cables that are connecting to um the switches and to the docks are uh, overdrawing power by three hundred percent. Um, and that that is like how the switch functions. So when it uses a non Nintendo uh USB C cable it either doesn't draw enough power or dr- like tries to draw more than the cable is used to giving um and messes up the internal guts of of your switch so if you have a Nintendo Switch dock like yes. an official dock or i guess like a licensed third party one from Hori or whatever partner they're using and uh you use just your own USB-C cable you run the risk yes, of? Yes, that is my understanding. I, I don't know. I mean, this is not, Nintendo has not made this statement. This is, uh, you know, people. This is all speculation. At, this is all speculation, mm-hmm. but like, I think. Don't live your life based on the information you're hearing from us in this moment. Or other in information. any moment. No, I don't know. I thought our Lion King uh, <laughs> discussion was pretty airtight. I think it was really informative. I don't, I still don't know if I would believe whether or not I've seen the Lion King stage show. <laughs> maybe I have, maybe I haven't. No one knows. We'll never know. Um, but the, yeah, I think what this means is that we should consider Nintendo's, uh, USB-C cables kind of proprietary that you need to, it uses slightly different technology than a regular, uh, USB-C cable. So even though it looks the same and plugs the same, um, maybe stick with Nintendo stuff until we know what's going on for sure. Uh, so you don't lose your fun game machine. Dragon Quest Eleven news finally. Ah, Dragon finally. Quest Eleven. All right, but also sad Dragon Quest Eleven news. Oh, finally. So the North American finally. and European versions of Dragon Quest Eleven will be coming out on September fourth, twenty eighteen. However, it's just the PS4 and PC versions of the game. To recap, there are two versions of Dragon Quest Eleven in Japan right now. One on PlayStation Four and PC, I assume. Uh, I think just PS4 right now. Okay, so just PS4, and then there is a 3DS version, which use it's like a an eight not eight bit, but it uses sprite art. Um, and so it is a little bit of a remake, remake interpretation, whatever. Yeah, it has the same story but very different gameplay. Right. Um, for the 3DS and makes use of the two screens and everything, and uh, so the, there are these two versions of the game. We know that we are getting the playstation 4 version of it in september this is where the news starts to get dark the 3ds version will not see a release in the west and you might be asking yourself what of the switch version what of the switch version square enix has said it's coming but it is coming quote much later much later don't expect it this year don't expect it this year um, Mark, let's talk about this because I think for me, <clears throat> this is tough because 
there is the school of thought of like, forget your 3DS, 3DS is dead. I don't necessarily agree with it. But in like a, a pixel art, like demake, different yeah, version. Yeah, like throwback RPG, basically. That sounds amazing to yeah. me. And whether that version comes to Switch or 3DS, I'd be interested in playing it probably more than I would be the like PlayStation 4 version which I would want to play on my Switch. We still don't even know what the Switch version is. Yeah, it's weird because Dragon Quest Eleven was kind of announced for Switch way back when it was called the NX. Yes, super uh, long time ago. Yeah, but and other than that, we've heard nothing. Yes, until now. When well, we when know, we know it's still yeah. coming eventually, a long time from now. I don't know. I think I'll probably buy the PS4 version. And yeah. then... I honestly can't imagine that I'll double dip unless the Switch version is, I don't know, maybe kind of like the 3DS version, right? If it's just a port of the PS4 version. Then forget it. Yeah. Uh, Unless somehow, miracle of miracles, it is cross-save to other platforms, which it won't be, um, then I could imagine playing on PlayStation 4 until I get sick of it, and then it comes out on Switch and being like, oh, I can pick it up here. And... Honestly, if there was a more concrete release date for the Switch version, yes. or if there was more information at all about the Switch version, I would probably wait. But the way things are going, I, I, I just want—I just want to play Dragon Quest Eleven. I feel like Dragon Quest Eleven is like in the same boat as uh, Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy seven remake, where those are like games that exist in theory, and if they ever exist in like your actual sphere, like. Good for you. You live in a fantasy world. And I guess we'll all be in part of that fantasy world in September. But you don't like, think we're going to hear Kingdom Hearts 3 news at uh, E3? You don't think we're going to get a release date this year? It's supposed to come out this year. Um, they've put 2018 on, but this is not coming out on any, Ninten- any Nintendo platform, Mark. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know. Um, oh, good news, though. Our, la- our long national nightmare is over. Chicken Wiggle Workshop has been fully funded on Kickstarter, meaning that the game will be coming to Switch uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, so there we go. The game that everyone was like, I don't need to play this on <laughs> on 3DS. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to play it with updated HD graphics. A game and- you purchased on 3DS. I did, yeah. Um, and that I played not a ton of, but uh, that I more or less enjoyed my time with. So congratulations to... Um, to the team there at <laughs> why am i doing this why am i congratulating a team uh, that developed this game good work guys uh so this version of the game will have both the new hd graphics mm-hmm. and uh the option to switch to the classic 3ds graphics right and of course we'll maintain the ability to edit and share um levels and you know discover levels that other people have made and stuff like that so and there's still no you know there's no um like mario maker port to the switch yet so Maybe this fills a little bit of that sort of uh, the black hole, the hole in the shape of Mario Maker. As part of an April Fool's Day joke, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Niantic added 8-bit Pokemon sprites to Pokemon Go. So, full disclosure, mm-hmm. we're recording this on April Fool's Day, the worst day in the world. Right. Also Easter. <laughs> Today just happened to be. Sure, sure. Not always, because the moon or something. (laughs) So there's no way to know if this is going to be an option going forward. Mark, what do you you think about... Obviously, you and I have left Pokemon Go a long time ago. Um, 
what what do you what do you think of having eight bit sprites in there instead of the like nice three D models? I love it. I wish it was that from the beginning. I do too. I wish that would be an option going forward in, into the future. Yeah. Because like that's that's how I think of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think of them as weird little sprites. Really, I think of them as like crazy little um you know black and white Game Boy sprites. Uh, seeing them even in color, I'm like, this is too. I don't get this. But I also appreciate that. Uh, we are of a different generation. Yes. And a lot of people have come to know Pokemon as something more evolved than that. Sure. So To use Pokemon parlance. Yeah, which right. I try to do as much as possible. That's right. I notice you slipping it into conversation a lot. Uh, but it, it would be cool if, you know, I guess like Chicken Wiggle or something, you could toggle between the two. But then what do you do for uh, newer Pokemon that were never sprites? You just, you just make some sprites. <laughs> An easy enough solution. There you go. Uh, Pokemon Go also released an update last week that sends players on a mission to discover Mew. Mew! Who is probably, I think, the last holdout of the original 151 Pokemon. I believe that is correct, because they were holding on to Mewtwo and the three legendary birds um, and Mew. And I think all of those have come out uh, in little events here and there. But it's amazing to me that this game they they keep updating this thing and more stuff happens there all the time yeah i saw us uh, a group of people outside of my work you know working to capture something oh yeah so uh yeah people are definitely still playing it well there you go arms is on sale on the switch digital store this is what we were teasing earlier yeah this is uh uh-huh it paid off listening to it listening to the all everything in between paid off totally Mm -hmm. because you just learned that until April 6th, you can pick up a digital copy of ARMS for $41.99. That's 30% off. That's actually pretty remarkable for a Nintendo game to go on sale. This is probably the first time we've seen a first-party game. Although, wasn't one to switch on sale for a little mm, bit around Christmas? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a thing that Nintendo normally does, especially like in the first year of a game's release. Kind of got to wait until they get that uh, like player select label uh, taped over it. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in arms and you miss the test punch that Mark hopped into and said, nah, I'm good. Uh, you've, you've got a, an opportunity to pick the game up. I do think it's good cheaper. timing though, to have another test punch and to have the game on sale during the test punch, because there've been a lot of new switch, uh, owners sure. since the game first came out. And since the first te- test punch was held, both that was pretty early in the switch's life. Yeah, so I, it's just another opportunity for people to sample it. Yeah, and we're also like in a little bit of a. I know Kirby just came out like two weeks ago, but we're in a little bit of a um, like Nintendo big release desert where like if you want to get a big new Nintendo game, you don't really have the sort of monthly option that you did during the the first year of the thing's release. And I know a lot of people skipped over um, Arms when it was coming out because they're like, "Nah, I'm good. I'll wait for Splatoon." Um, and you know, now that you've got your Splatoon time in and you're like, I'm going to come back to this when the Octo expansion is released, um, you got, uh, maybe an opportunity to pick up a different competitive online game. Also a new Splatfest, uh, was announced for North America. It starts this Friday, April 6th at 9 PM Pacific time. It pits baseball against soccer. Uh, that's so smart. I I like that. Um, I, I think that's a good that's a good fun topic. I think so too. Though I feel like it's going to come down to adults versus children. You think children will be interested in soccer and adults will vote for baseball? Yeah, I think as far as the North American Splatfest is concerned, yes. 
um, soccer feels like a much more like kids play soccer, right? Kids are bored by baseball, but adults know that they can drink during baseball, right? It's this one redeeming factor. It, yeah. Um, are you are you gonna hop in and, and play at all? I always try to a little bit. I I mean, Splatfests I think have the desired effect on me. Yeah, which is like Nintendo has Splatfests because it is an incentive for people who maybe don't play the game constantly to jump in and play for like a weekend or a little bit on a weekend. Right. And that's definitely how I approach it. Um, I like being in the thick of things. Yeah. Yeah. Picking a side. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, fun. What side do you pick in this? I think I'll probably do soccer. Okay. Well, I may see you out there repping the other team. <laughs> Although probably not. I'm in Chicago that weekend. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I probably won't be. <laughs> Uh, Level 5 CEO Akihiro Hino said in an interview uh, with DK, which was translated by Gamatsu, that all future titles from Level 5 will be coming exclusively to Switch. Um, He said, or the translation says, basically in the future, our main titles will all be released on Nintendo Switch. The idea is that we have created... The idea is that... What we have created for 3DS will move over to Switch. So my reading of this is not that it's going to be exclusive to Switch, just that they are going to release everything that they release in the future on Mm. Switch, in addition to whatever platforms it uh, was going to already. Right, because like the Professor Layton games recently have been on mobile Mm -hmm. and on 3DS, and so I can see a world where it's on mobile and on Switch, where something like uh, Nino Kuni 2 is released on PS4 and also is released on Switch. I don't think they will become an exclusive Switch developer. That is my reading of the quote. Right. And this is something that we should... There has been no, like, press release from uh, Level 5 or... You know, I mean, this is an interview with the CEO, um, but neither uh, Level 5 or Nintendo has, like, put anything down in writing that, like, this is our plan going forward. Um, But it's, if nothing else, just exciting to know that Level 5 is uh, continuing their sort of commitment to... Nintendo stuff. It and also y- just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, then because they've been supporting them with the Layton games, like you say, and the Yokai Watch games, which are huge in Japan. Um, and like f- for me, the big thing that I'm like, oh, I wish this was coming to Switch are the Nino Kuni games because they seem kind of cool. Um, and I'm probably not going to pick up Nino Kuni two for PlayStation. Like, I, I that's something that I'd want to be able to take with me. Um, from time to time. But so, yeah, it, it'll be cool to see if any of that does come out. Yeah, I mean, it's where their audience is. It, you know, yeah. it, it especially, yeah, it just makes, especially, Level 5 is a developer who has success in the West, but most of their success is driven in Japan. Yeah. And if you are a company who is focused on Japan, it just makes sense to release games on Switch. Right. Uh, if you're a company who's trying to, uh, focus a lot on Western success, then like Capcom one is with Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. It just makes then it makes a ton of sense to put it on PS4 and Xbox One, right? Um, and so I think we will continue to see that like kind of like split. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. With the the Hino also teased a a completely new title that will be announced later this year. That will obviously because he said all titles are coming to Switch will come to Switch. Uh, two new costumes came to Super Mario Odyssey on Thursday, March 29th. The costumes are a Satellaview astronaut costume based on the Japan-only peripheral for the Super Famicom, and the second is a uh, baseball uniform. 
Um, have you seen these costumes? Yeah, like? yeah. Um, the Satellaview costume is so cute and so janky. Like it looks like Mario's making an astronaut costume where he's like, "I'm gonna go into space." <laughs> he looks so cute. Uh, cool little side note: March 29th was opening day for Major League Baseball here in the states, so the baseball costume was likely a nod to that. Mm. Uh, I also just think Nintendo has sneakily become very good at constantly updating titles with new content to keep gamers engaged with their first-party titles. Sure. Uh, Well, they've been adding stuff, but it's not always, like, substantive. They added two costumes to this game. Right, but, I mean, uh, that might be enough for a completionist or somebody who's like, I'm done with this game. You hear that? Everyone who put Mario Odyssey down, there are two costumes you don't have yet. Yeah, just to, like, come back. Get back in there. Even if it doesn't take them very long Mm -hmm. to get them, that's that's two new costumes that they can get and then not sell their physical copy of Odyssey back to GameStop. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of talk in the video game industry about this idea of like live titles and games that are released once, but then players continue to play and engage with for, you know, like years right. instead of a first party title where you run through it in 10 to 15 hours and then you just put it away because you've seen everything there is to see. Right. And even though Nintendo hasn't like made a big deal about it, it seems like they are sort like, of working to do that as well. I mean, especially in the uh, uh, in the form of Arms and Splatoon, these are games that are like literally doing it and explicitly doing it. And then, you know, I was just mentioning that I hopped back into Kirby because there were new Dream Friends for me to play with. Um, could I have turned around and sold that game back to GameStop? Sure. Might I still do that? Maybe. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. But if uh, in like a month they're like, by the way, more Dream Friends coming down the pipe, I'll hang on to it for a little bit longer. So. Mm, yeah, it doesn't have to be something big. Um, just knowing that there is something more to do, something more to see, and an experience you already enjoyed always feels good. Finally, uh, Snake Pass on Switch released a new update that reverts the game's icon back to something closer to the original icon. <laughs> There's a lot of brouhaha around that. And adds a new arcade mode. Okay. I feel obligated to report on Snake Pass. One, because it's a fine game that we both enjoyed. Right. Enough. And two, it did so much to get us through the early thin release period of Switch. Absolutely. It felt like it felt like a full game, right? And it was it is like a full game. it was like a multi-platform release. Yes. Right? It was on Xbox One, P- PS4, and Switch all at the same time, running Unreal Engine 4. And uh that feel felt kind of still feels like momentous for a Nintendo console yeah. to be treated that way. Also, what a interesting, unique game, right? Like, there's no other game that I can think of that plays like that and that, like, feels as, like, tangible and physical as Snake Pass. Uh, it's a cool game. Should I hop back into Snake, Snake Pass? Or should I hop back into Snake Pass? Uh, I don't know. They, it's that little bit of content that yeah, you're like, ooh, bit. you want to see that new ooh, icon, but in order I to do that, see that new you, icon. you've got to download it again. You've got to update the title in order to get the reward of that new icon. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not my real finally. I have an additional, like, a real finally. Is that in an interview with Polygon uh, discussing the Super Smash Bros. Switch and Splatoon 2 tournaments at E3, uh, Bill Trinan, 
Nintendo's Bill Trinan, nobody else's, said that there are, quote, many announcements to come regarding Nintendo's E3 programming, and some sites are breathlessly running this as, like, some sort of breaking news right. item, and it's the perfect opportunity for us to revive our classic segment. This is not news? Not news. This is not news. Uh, because... Of course, Nintendo is going to have more announcements regarding their programming in E3. This uh, slots in very nicely next to, I think, our uh, previous not new segment, which was like Nintendo developing more Switch games. (laughs) That got so much ink, so much virtual ink. So much virtual ink. And look, uh, you may ask, why are we then reporting on this not news in the news? As a public service announcement. That's right. It's just like another piece of not news that we refuse to discuss about Luigi. And we still refuse to discuss it. That's right. Also, do we have any updates on um, whether or not Billy Mitchell is a cheater when it comes to, what was it, Galaga or something? Uh, no, it was Donkey Kong. Was it Donkey Well, I know that Donkey Kong was a game that he played. I don't know if, I, I don't remember. The if cheating that was, was about yes. Donkey Kong, I believe. There was another person who happened to be a witness to his potential Donkey Kong cheat, who also allegedly cheated on Galaga. Look, we got a lot of cheaters in the world. We don't know what's real and what's but no not. Update, as no, far up- no update. No update. <laughs> no update. All right, Mark, let's close out the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe, all that good stuff, on Apple Podcasts. If we get to 50, we will pester the people at E3 and say, look how many people think we should be here talking E3 at them. And if we get into E3, you can be sure we're going to be walking around just like being like, not news. Yeah, this isn't news. Not news. This isn't news. We're going to be handing out those like awards. Yes, that's right. Like IGN does for best game of E3. But it'll just be a not news. We'll go to the Guacamelee 2 thing and be like, we already know about you, Guacamelee 2. Unless you're coming to Switch, then that would be news. Uh, You can follow Mark and I on Twitter. We are, or I am at Patrick underscore Ellers and Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Nincart Society. You can get on Facebook if you like Facebook. That's fine. Uh, We're Nintendo Cartridge Society there. If you like Mark and Mine's opinions, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of Ape Betty's music by going to ApeBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying there are a lot of cheaters in the world. But thank you for listening. Campfire.